0: Hey there and welcome to Soul Church.
1: Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life.
0: You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com.
1: Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. We are beginning a brand new series today called Wisdom. Wisdom. D-U-M-B. Who has ever made a dumb decision? Yeah. <laughs> you take off. Take after your pastors. Um, I've only ever made one dumb decision. I was on an airplane from London Heathrow to Addis Ababa, is that the right, in Ethiopia. And I was going out there on a missions trip with Mark Collinger and Colin Howell. And um, as we are getting on the trip, um, we're on the plane, we're walking through the, uh, the first class cabin on the way to the fun seats at the back, and um, there was a pillow. And Colin was walking down the other aisle, and I picked up the pillow, because we have a little bit of mischief, all right? So obviously this isn't going out to a worldwide audience, so I can tell everyone. And so I picked up this pillow, and I thought, I'm gonna throw it at Colin, because we always have a little bit of boys' banter. And as I threw it, he saw it coming and he ducked, and it hits this lady in front of him and she turns round and I go like that as well and the poor guy behind me he gets in so I thought right (laughs) I'll get him on the way out so we do the 10 hour flight where it is down to Ethiopia and then as we get I thought I'll have one more go at it so he's walking down and this time I throw the pillow and as I do he didn't see it but it hits the the lady's husband (laughs) And he turned around, and honestly, I ran for my life. I got off that plane as quick as possible. Who knows in life, you can make dumb decisions. Something comes over you. I mean, you know, some of you look at me thinking he shouldn't be a pastor. I probably shouldn't, okay? (laughs) But I want to share with you today some thoughts that I wish I'd have heard when I was 19, 20 years old. Because I believe today we can we can help each other over the next six weeks. It's gonna be a really practical series. Our series verse comes from Proverbs 24, verse 3, which a very wise king, King Solomon, wrote these words. He said, By wisdom a house is built. A house. Now that house can mean many things. It can mean by wisdom a marriage is built. By wisdom, a business is built, by wisdom relationships are built by wisdom our dreams are built by wisdom and through understanding established so we're going to talk about wisdom we want to as a church help each other make wise choices as we go into this next season of life now the good news is godly wisdom does not depend on age IQ or experience. Okay? So some of you think, well, one day I'll be wise when I've graduate from university. One day I'll be wise when I get a house. One day I'll... but no godly wisdom applies to our youth, our young adults, to families, to seniors. Godly wisdom applies to everyone. And wisdom is never about your qualifications or your IQ. Wisdom comes from God. And the good news is it's available to all. Now, one of the keys to living a successful life is to understand the balance between faith and wisdom. Over the last four or five weeks in May, we've been talking a lot about faith. And as a church, we are a faith-filled church. That's one of our values. However, some people get into extremes in faith and they neglect wisdom, But the successful life, a successful life, is both a faith-filled life and a wisdom-filled life. Because I know a lot of people, they got all the faith in the world, but they lack wisdom. I also know a lot of people who've got a lot of wisdom and they lack faith. And so these aren't mutually exclusive, and I feel like today the pendulum's probably going to swing quite over quickly for some of you, because it's been faith, faith, faith over the last few months, and today we're starting this new series which is about applying godly wisdom to our areas of our lives now we live in the information age there is so much information at our fingertips you can fact check anything you want at any time in this sermon okay by just clicking a button and we can find we've got that knowledge back in the day you'd have to go to a library research it out but we we, we have information at, at hand Yet i feel like we have so much knowledge yet we have so little wisdom We have so much information, yet people seem to be making so many poorer choices, but they have all the information at hand. King Solomon said this, 2 Chronicles 1 verse 10, he says, Now give me wisdom and knowledge. Notice what he asks for first, wisdom. Now, wisdom and knowledge are different, and you need both. I'm going I'm to share a lot of things today, so I want to encourage you to pull out your phone or your notepad, your pen, just write some of the thoughts down, because it, it will help you at some stage or season in your life. Wisdom and knowledge are different. Example, should I steal Ben Kuehl's phone on the front row? Should I steal that? Okay? I don't need wisdom to know that's a bad choice. The Bible says thou shalt not steal so so the Bible's knowledge gives me enough to say that's not a good idea should I grab a dog by its ears? well the Bible says don't grab a dog by its ears (laughs) knowledge should I check out someone who is not my wife? no Knowledge. The Bible says, do not cover, do not look at another person's husband or wife. Knowledge. Should I kill? No. The Bible clearly says, do not kill. Should I rest one day a week out of seven? Yes. The Bible says, six days you should work, and on the seventh, you need to take a rest. Okay. Okay. This is Bible knowledge, Bible moral laws. Who knows that we need to increase in Bible knowledge? Okay, this is how we help ourselves. We need to increase in Bible knowledge. But there are also thousands of everyday decisions that the Bible isn't specific on. Let me give you an example. Should I buy that house or that house? There isn't a, a, a chapter in the Bible that says you should move from Horsford to Fakenham. Okay, should I move from that city to that city? Should I sell my business? Should I date that girl? Hello. Should I Should I use a credit card? Should I use a credit card? What a great question. We're going to be we're going to be talking about finances in this series. Should I go? Should I go straight to work or should I extend my education and go for a university? This, this is where we need wisdom. Who needs some wisdom right now? Since I've started, This is where we need wisdom. Making, making the right choices even when there's no absolute moral laws. So the Bible is full of absolute moral laws, but it's also Not specific on certain things. So instead of God giving us a thousand different books on moral laws, he gave us one gift called wisdom. One gift. Now I know lots of people with lots of knowledge who make unwise decisions, starting with me. Has anybody had all the knowledge in the world, yet you still make unwise decisions? I was coming back from Big Church Festival on Sunday night about 11 p.m., and something pulled me in. It was like a magnetic force pulling me into McDonald's. <laughs> now, I have all the knowledge in the world that eating a mega Big Mac with large fries and a Coke Zero, why do we always order a Coke Zero and think we're making ourselves feel better? <laughs> Does anyone else do that? Oh, I have a Diet Coke because I'm super healthy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm Diet Coke, yeah. All the full fat people, but I'm a diet kind of guy. I'll take the Big Mac. So we got a Big Mac, large fry. Now, I have all the knowledge in the world to know that eating that food at lunchtime is bad, let alone at midnight. And I won't talk about the BP stop at 2.30 in the morning with the large pack of salt, vinegar, crisps, and the M&Ms as my family is sleeping sweetly in the back of the car. You see, we can have all the knowledge in the world, yet we don't apply wisdom. I have the knowledge... And I think pretty much all of us, we have the knowledge that reading our Bibles is going to help us make better decisions. Who would agree we have that knowledge? Who knows that when you open your Bible, that is knowledge and it helps you make better decisions. Who knows that wisdom is doing it and applying it? Because sometimes social media and sometimes the things, there's so much distraction out there, we have all the knowledge, yet we don't have the wisdom. And this series is really designed to stop us making dumb choices and help us make wise decisions. Now, if you take your notes, this is our first takeaway. It's not our intentions, but our decisions which ultimately define our lives. It's not our intentions. Let's be honest, who had really good intentions last week about eating healthy? Good intentions. You sat in church and thought, right, this week, I'm gonna plan my meals, I'm gonna eat healthy, I'm gonna exercise. And Tuesday, you're like, what happened to my good intentions? It's just three of us being honest in here. Thank you. You've saved my day. So it's not the right intentions. We all have the right intentions. But ultimately, it's our decisions which define our lives. And how easy is it for to tell everyone else how to use wisdom, yet so difficult to use ourselves. Has anyone watched a movie? We were watching a movie a couple of weeks ago, and someone, you just know they are on the cusp of making a really dumb decision, and my wife shouted at the TV, don't do that. Not that it was gonna make any difference (laughs) to the film. Because we, in the film, we can see the consequence to that relationship, we can see the consequences to going through that door. We know that something that they don't, yet they do it anyways. And it's so easy for us to see it in other people, and so easy for us to see it in the movies, yet why is it so difficult to see that in ourselves? One of the best known proverbs in the Bible, again from King Solomon, he helps us understand this. He says, trust in the Lord. There's one word that appears four times in these two verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not unto your own understanding, in all your ways. I submit to him. He will make your path straight. Four times. Wisdom is personal to me. King Solomon makes this personal. In all your ways. In all your affairs. In all your finances. In all your relationships. In all your tax business. In all your decisions. In all your ways. We can acknowledge God and he promises us wisdom. I want to talk for the next three and a half hours on a message titled, Better Decisions, Fewer Regrets. Better Decisions, Fewer Regrets. I'm gonna share quite a lot of information today to help us to really get this series launched, but I wanna first of all share three consequences at stake when faced with decisions. There are always three things at stake when we are faced with either life-changing decisions or a decision you know, you're not sure which way it could go. Number one is this, my future, my future. Jeremiah 29 11 says, I know the thoughts, the plans I have towards you, says the Lord. God has a unique plan for your life. Unique. But a plan is only as good as the person following it. We've got some beautiful plans, as you've seen on the wall, for our new building. The architect's drawn them up. But who knows, those plans are only as good as the builder who follows them. So does that mean, John, if I make a bad decision... A lot of young people ask me this. If I make a bad decision, does that mean my life is over? Absolutely not. But it will take longer for you to get where God wants you to be. If you want to get to Aberdeen, you don't need to go via Devon. But that's how so many of us, we live our lives. What what, what does that scripture say we just read? Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. God wants to get you to your plan, the plan that he has for you. But often we do this. Because we just keep making bad decisions at T-junctions. And yes, God will always try and get you to where he wants you to, but there will be thousands of little decisions along the way. So my future's at stake. And I don't know about you, instead of making right decisions, often we spend so many seasons of our lives try, trying to make our decisions right. The second thing at stake when we're faced with a decision is, number one is our future, number two is everyone else's future, others' futures. Deuteronomy 4.9, don't let your heart wander off. When you make poor decisions, your heart wanders off. Stay vigilant as long as you live. Teach what you've seen and heard to your children and their children. You know, the, the, those, those who are closest to us have the potential to wander off when we let our heart wander off, the writer of Deuteronomy says. And I also want you to help understand this, that the enemy attacks you, not necessarily just to get to you, but to get to those around you. I have no doubt about it that the enemy has attacked global senior Christian leaders over the past two or three years, not because they just want to get to them, because they want to get to those around them. And poor decisions affect our families, poor decisions affect our neighbors, poor decisions affect our children, poor decisions affect everyone around us. And some of you today came from a broken home, where mom or dad were never around. And maybe life would have looked a whole lot different had dad not been picking up the bottle every night before he went to sleep. I know for Chantel that's a very true statement. But the choices we make today affect the generations of tomorrow. We've seen pastors and leaders give in to temptation and the catastrophic results. And Chantel and I, we we know that there is so much at stake for us and we have to guard our paths and watch our decisions. Ultimately, what's happened in the global church over the past few years has had a negative knock-on effect to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people across the world. Other people's choices today affect my life tomorrow, and we cannot underestimate this. For the good and for the bad, here's the good news. Our good choices affect the generations of tomorrow. At the turn of the millennium in 2000, somebody gave Chantelle a thousand US dollars when she was living in LA with her godparents. They believed and they said, we want to send you to Bible school in Australia. Gave her a thousand dollars. It was enough to get her airplane ticket and enough to get her first term fees back in the day. Little did they know that that would be a defining decision for Chantelle, for us, for our children. And I think that thousand dollars is probably the reason that you're sitting here today. Can you see the power of a decision? The power of a decision for good or bad. My dad made a decision in 2003 for the next four years every Friday evening to pray on a Friday night when we were running the youth ministry called Wildlife. He would come and find a little hobby hole and he would pray on his knees often and he would gather and he would seek God for wildlife and pray God's protection over our young people. I see people like Lee Daniels here today and others and Emily and those who came through wildlife and found Jesus. Who knows the decision you make today to pray, the decision you make today to give, the decision you make today to give someone a hug, the decision you make today to make a difference has a knock-on effect for generations to come we have no idea of the impact of our decisions decisions are like earthquakes they have tremors and they go on and on and on and on the third thing that's at stake every time we have to make a defining decision for our life is our faith our faith my decisions and your decisions they impact our walk with God You know, when we make poor decisions, it affects our faith. One of the first decisions that people make when they mess up is not come to church. Because they don't feel good enough. They carry this weight called shame. Shame is from the enemy. And I want to encourage you, if you mess up in the week, come on Sunday. I want to encourage you, don't allow anything to keep you out of church. We've been pastor in Soul Church for nine years. Next month, I've been in full-time ministry over 20 years. and I can honestly say this. I have never met anyone whose life has moved forward by pulling back from church. Say that again. I have never met anyone whose life has moved forward by pulling back from church. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of their God. When you make that decision, I've messed up, I've fallen short, I've at, looked at something I shouldn't have done, I've said something I shouldn't have done, but God, your grace, it catches me today. I keep saying it, you cannot fall out of God's grace, you can only fall into it. And you walk into church and say, God, I receive your grace afresh this week. You see, our decisions are bigger than we realize. Right. Wise people understand this. Life is connected. Life is connected. When you look back over your life, you will see connection points. Every decision I make is connected to the next one. Yeah. Okay, I want to share now. So That's three consequences to state when we face our decisions. My future, everyone else's future, my faith. I want to share five things to stop pause and remember before you make a decision, okay? Five things, really practical today. Number one is this, stop confusing an event with a decision. Let me explain. There is a difference between an event in your life and a decision. Events are things that you cannot control. Someone hits you in a car, okay, you're in an accident, that is an event, you cannot control it. People cut us up on the road. People are rude to us. A stranger throws a pillow at us on an airplane. There are events in life that happen, okay, that we cannot control called circumstances. But offended, now there's a decision. That's a decision. And often we confuse events and decisions. I'll encourage you today... That you will have, this is really encouraging, you will have numerous opportunities to be offended this week. That's a prophetic word for you for this first week in June. But you have to separate the event from the decision. Someone's doing something to me that was wrong is not my my fault. But my response is my decision. Turn to the person next to you and say, my response is my decision. Every day, we have to make a decision on how we respond because every decision, if you're writing this down, write this down, every decision has a parent called emotion. Woo! Every decision has a parent called emotion. David is going, King David is going through one of the hardest seasons of his life. He's feeling the pain, he's feeling lost, he's feeling let down. And he comes into a new day and the very famous Psalm, Psalm 118 verse 24, he says, this is the day, the events around me are not good. People have hurt me. People have let me down. People have, people have taken money from me. People have said things about me online. But he said, today, this is the day. I know that it's an event, but my decision today is I am going to be in control of my emotions. And this is the day that the Lord has made. My emotions are going to be emotions of rejoicing and being glad in him. I have to make a decision. I will rejoice. An event, and I say this respectfully, and I say this in grace, an event does not have to decide the rest of your life. You have to make a decision. The second thing to stop and remember and ask yourself is this. Stop and ask yourself, will this decision hurt someone? (sighs) Romans 14, Paul's speaking. Paul challenges us before we make a decision. Does this decision have the potential to hurt someone? Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide, make a decision, never to be a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way of a brother. Does this decision have the potential to hurt someone? Does this social media post have the potential to hurt someone? You've got to think about this. Does this have the potential? Does this have the potential? Could my post be misrepresented? Could my post cause someone to stumble? I'm being straight today. Okay, could the post I put on Facebook cause someone to stumble? Could this post cause envy in someone else? Look at my brand new car and someone's sitting at home on their bicycle. Look at my toes by the, by the sea. Is that going to bring out the best or the worst in someone else? I think we should stop and think, even before we post, and think, is this encouraging someone? Is this bringing out the best? Bo- or is this, look at me? I'm sorry, it's getting uncomfortable, but this isn't about us. This is about, Paul said, do not be a stumbling block. Could this post be used against me in 10 years? Trust me, I felt this firsthand. Oh, they've been after me from stuff I posted 10 years ago. Because the world is rapidly changing, evolving. So we've got, we got— who knows? We need wisdom. We need wisdom. Could me drinking around certain people cause them to stumble? I would not have thought about that I guarantee you there are people in this room who struggle with alcohol so, so me drinking in front of them am I being a stumbling block for them and what happens if I have a couple of drinks late at night and a family member or a close one calls me and says I need you to come I'm in trouble, what are you going to do? Are you are going to break the law and get in your car or are you going to leave your friend or a family member I'm just saying, we've got to think. Do you see, I'm not saying you've got to ask God what the right thing or the wrong thing to do. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying we've got to ask God for wisdom. We've got to ask God for wisdom in so many of these areas of our lives. Stop and ask yourself, will this decision hurt someone? Number three, stop thinking so far out. I was at this Christian festival, big church festival, and I was speaking to this guy, and he goes, he says, um... When are you retiring? I'm, like, I'm just getting going. But that, Do you know, I, I can't even think those thoughts. I don't even know what message I'm preaching next week, let alone when I'm retiring. You know, sometimes we think so far out in our lives, we actually miss the joy of today. We, we're so caught up in the big decisions. I don't know, are we 70, 75, 80? I don't know, who knows? All I know is... I just want to keep doing what I'm doing. I want you to keep doing what you're doing and stop getting so caught up on some of the bigger decisions. Matt 634. Thank you, Morris. Plenty of encouragement on the front row today. I like that. Jesus said this. He says, give your entire attention to what God is doing. Right. what? Right now, don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. Let's just enjoy today. Let's enjoy the fact the sun is shining, the air conditioning's on, with the door open. Let's just enjoy today. Let's enjoy the health that God's given us in our bodies today. Let's just enjoy today. Let's not get so caught up in the decisions five years, ten years down the road that we miss the beauty of the day. Don't be thinking about what's for dinner. Enjoy your lunch. (laughs) You know, it's it's true. Sometimes our long-term decisions are enemies of our peace. Sometimes our long-term decisions are enemies of our peace. Stop overthinking. Someone just needs to hear this. Just stop overthinking. Turn to your neighbor, just say, stop it. Stop it. When are you going to retire? I don't know. Who's going to take over Soul Church one day? I don't know. It doesn't matter because this is the day the Lord has made. We walk by faith and not by sight. You know, let's not be focused this week. Let's not be focused on what we're walking into but who we're walking in with. I'll say that again. Let's not be so focused on what we're walking into this week. Let our focus be on who we're walking in with. Jesus, he is Emmanuel. He is God with us this week. Amen. Number four. Is this helping anyone? Oh, this is a big one. This is a big one. This is going to help you, especially some of you older folk. That's me. Stop judging yesterday's decisions on today's wisdom. Ooh. Does anyone else wish they'd fixed their interest rate on their house last year? Yes. You know, it's so easy to beat ourselves up on past decisions on today's wisdom. We didn't have the information we have today 12 months ago, 18 months ago. Why did you buy that car? Why did you get into that relationship? We could have done it different. We should have done it different. But Paul said in Philippians 3.13, one thing I do. One thing. What about today we make a decision to do this one thing? Forget what is behind. Forget the decisions we made up, we messed up. Forget the decisions behind because we can't change them. And you might be in Devon now wanting to get to Aberdeen. And God is saying, I can still get you there. I can still make your path straight. You have made some wrong turns, but you know what? God can get you where he wants you to be. If you make a decision today, God, I need the knowledge from your word, but I also need to apply the wisdom of your word. And tomorrow can be the first day of making godly decisions for your life. Stop using today's wisdom to beat yourself up for yesterday's decisions. Number five, this is a big one. We've got to stop making hasty decisions. If we're gonna make sound decisions, we've got to have sound information. Has anyone ever made a hasty decision? Anyone need two hands up? Anyone need to use fingers? Toes? Oh, I'm just gonna get married. I'm 22 and everyone else is married. Everyone else is married and I've been left on the shelf and you make a hasty decision I'm just going to marry someone my mum she's going to kill me for sharing this she might not even remember this but she once gave me some wisdom she said this she said John I'd rather you date 10 girls and marry the right one than date one girl and marry the wrong one so I took her advice no I'm kidding but you know what Sometimes fear, hang on, fear rushes us. Fear rushes you. Do not allow fear to rush you into marriage. Don't allow fear to rush you into a decision to buy a car, a decision to to buy a house. Don't allow fear to push you. You know, we make a hasty decision and it affects the next 10 years of our lives. Hasty decisions often turn into hopeless situations. We need God's wisdom. I love what David said in Psalm 27:14. He says, "They that wait wait. We're not very good at waiting. I'm not. 6 years we've been waiting for this new building. Wait. Wait. Wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Do you know why the word wait and strength? Strength comes in the wait. And we need strength of mind to make right decisions. We need strength of character to make right decisions. So when God is waiting and holding you back, it's because he is building something in you to make better decisions. Sometimes all we've got is the wait. All right, really quickly, I'm going to share four steps. They all begin with S to help us before we make decisions. Four steps. I want us to, you can apply filters through these when you make decisions, use these as filters. Number one is this, we've got to speak out. We speak to God. To operate in the wisdom of God, we've got to be filled with the word of God. James put it like this, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. We ask God for wisdom. This verse says three things about how, how God gives wisdom. Number one, he says he gives it continually. Ask God who gives. In the Greek, this is in continuous tense. He keeps on giving. Secondly is generously. Who gives generously. God's resources are unlimited. Which means, Waisha, as God is giving you wisdom for your career, at the same time, he's giving you, Dave, wisdom, and he's not running out on you, Peachy, and he's not running out on you, Dotty. God is giving all of us, there is enough wisdom from heaven to give everybody a generous amount in every situation we face. He gives it continually, he gives it generously, and number three, he gives it cheerfully. God gives, he says, without finding fault. He's not angry when he gives you wisdom. He's like, oh, I'll give him some. God loves to give. God's nature is to give. Wisdom is like ketchup at McDonald's. It's free. You can keep going back for more and more. One of your five a day, I love ketchup. Wisdom. Add it to your daily prayer list. I want to encourage you this week. Often we go to God and like, God, I need a husband and I need him now. God, I need you to do something with my husband. I need you to do it right now. God, I need you to pay my bills. God's like, I can do all those things, but why don't you just come to me as James says. Imagine the top of our request list this week was wisdom. God... I need wisdom I'm struggling with my husband struggling with my wife I'm struggling in my school struggling at university I literally don't know whether to go to this university or that university so God I'm asking you for wisdom I've got all the knowledge I know what this university can offer I know what that university can offer I know what this can do but God I, I just want to get to Aberdeen I want to get to the right place you know for Chantelle and I we, we need wisdom our son is a soccer fanatic, and in two years we've got to make a decision about whether he plays football on a Sunday. It's a dilemma as pastors and as leaders. I don't have the answers. I don't have the answers. It's what he wants to do. And so we're going, God, we need wisdom. Come on, I'm just being honest. We need wisdom, Chantelle and I, it's like, I haven't got the answers, so don't come to me and say, he needs wisdom. Give him wisdom, Lord, as he drives. We need wisdom because you need wisdom. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Should I move in with my partner before I get married? You need wisdom. Should I play the lottery? The amount of people who tell John, should I play the lottery? We need wisdom. We need wisdom. Should I eat this? Should I drink that? I'm not here to tell you what to do. All I know is God has got the wisdom for us. And you can ask God. And by the way, sometimes when we ask God for wisdom, he gives us what we don't want to hear. What are you going to do with that? Because that's where the trusting and obeying comes in. So we've got to speak out. The second thing is scripture in. We let God speak to us. Number one, we speak to God, then we allow God to speak to us. Proverbs 2.6, for the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding and the Bible there is so much wisdom if you do not have a Bible please come and see me after the service we'll make sure we give you a Bible because we need a map number number one speak out number two scripture in number three saints near saints is an old word for Christian we allow others to speak to us Proverbs 12:15. the way of a fool is right in his own eyes but a wise person listens to advice what is a wise person? What is godly counsel? This is, this, is, this is something to help you. Maybe you need wisdom in an area of your life. I'll encourage you to take this down. Someone who has fruit growing from their life in the area that you need. Someone who has fruit, good fruit growing from their life. So if you need advice in your marriage, maybe don't turn to your friend who's been married five times. That's called a hug. But if you need wisdom, you probably need to go to someone who's been married 30, 40, 50 years and say, Hey, we need some advice here. We're struggling. First year of our married life, I'm not ashamed to say Chantel and I, we had marriage counseling and support from Stephen and Rachel pretty much every Monday for 12 months. It was an interesting first twelve. You move a girl from the east end of Los Angeles to a guy who grew up in rural Norfolk, there are challenges. <laughs> but you know what? We've got the saints near. If you need nutritional advice, speak to someone who's healthy. And there's lots of healthy people in our church. You need some mental health advice, speak to some people who've come through it. You need business advice, talk to someone with a soundtrack record. Our counsel in life is so important. Can I just borrow your phone, Ben? I promise I won't do anything. Look at your mobile phone when you get home. It will tell you who you talk to. Look at your last hundred phone calls and it will tell you who you're becoming. Whoever you're talking to on a regular basis is who you're becoming. So if you're talking to people who gossip, speak badly, negatively, it's that's who you will become. If you're speaking to wise people, people who are living for God, that's who you will become. We cannot surround ourselves with blindness and be expected to see. God has given us wisdom. I'm going to tie this up now. Speak out scripture in Saints near. Number four, spirit encounter. We encounter God's spirit in us. Matthew 10, 20, for it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father who wants to speak in you. The Holy Spirit makes the wisdom of God available to you. You know, he can give you, God wants to give you a specific word for every situation. When I go to my Bible in the morning, I am not ticking a box. I am looking for wisdom. I'm thinking about my day, my meetings, my encounters, my, the things I've got to get to like you are. And I'm saying, God, I need you to speak to me today. I had a meeting a few months ago. It was a tricky meeting. And I was heading into it. I was like, God, what do you want me to say? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Read my Bible, nothing, nothing, nothing. I got out of the car, about to go into this office. And the Holy Spirit said this, you ready? Shut up. <laughs> Two words. Because sometimes the Holy Spirit is speak up, and sometimes it's shut up. And this is where we got in. And I literally went to that meeting, and I said, nothing, apart from listened, And I got the, exactly the outcome that I wanted sometimes we go into things into confrontation means and we get it wrong because we're not listening and discerning the voice of the holy spirit and this is where daily young people young adults families we need the helper the holy spirit and there's going to be times you go into meetings you're going to begin to say things and it is not even you speaking it is the spirit of god that is speaking through you and you think did i just say that It is not you. It's the wisdom of heaven. And sometimes we just need to empty our minds, be still and wait on the Holy Spirit and he will give you specific words for specific situations. Being filled with the spirit of God. Speak out. Scripture in. Saints near. And spirit encounter. And I believe that's how we apply God. And we will make better decisions, and we will have fewer regrets. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? Thank you. If you're saying today, Holy Spirit, I want to make better decisions. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Sometimes I just keep getting it wrong. If you're saying today, Holy Spirit, I need you this week. Holy Spirit, I need need you. I need the wisdom. I need need the wisdom. I've got these filters, but Father God, I need your wisdom. I want to pray for people for wisdom right now. Let's remember what James says. Let's go back to that. If any of you, Soul Church, lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously without finding fault. And it will be given to you. Right now, if you need wisdom, lift up your hand right now. If you've got a decision, if you are on the cusp of a a, a junction, and if you're going, I'm not sure if I should go left or right. I'm not sure if I should stop, move ahead, go back. Right now, we're going to pray for wisdom over our church right now. Come on, God wants us to make better decisions and have fewer regrets in our lives. It begins today. It's a new chapter today, new season. Father, I lift up our young people. I lift up our young adults Father God in this season of decision, in this valley of decision not knowing which way to turn I pray that you would fill them with godly wisdom you would help them Father God in their daily decisions in their life changing decisions I pray for the business leaders of our church for those who are running businesses Father God you would help them as they they make decisions around staff they make decisions Father God around family I pray Father God for families Lord you would protect marriages, Father God. You would protect relationships, Father God. You would help us, Father God, make godly decisions, Father. Help us in what we eat and what we drink and what we post and what we say and what we do, Father. We need to have the, the mind of Christ as we move forward in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I want to pray for two groups of people. The first group, you're beating yourself up. Because you've got today's wisdom and you wish you hadn't made yesterday's decisions. And you're walking around with this heaviness because of what's happened in the past. God wants to release you today. God wants to release you. And He wants to release you from every bad decision. Every bad decision. He has bore your sin and your shame on the cross of Calvary. You do not need to carry your previous decisions into tomorrow. Tomorrow is a new day. But this begins with honesty. And I want everyone just to close their eyes. And you say, John, I'm struggling to let go of some of my decisions. When you were talking, you kind of was a little bit close to the bone from some of those things. But God, I, today, I'm going to receive your grace. I'm going to receive your forgiveness. I'm going to receive a new start, a new chapter. Today, I'm going to make a decision to let go of the old decision. Where are you? Where are you? If you're saying today, online. Say, today, I just need to let go of some of those decisions. They're they're hounding me. They're following me. And I'm going to let them go today in Jesus' name. Father, you see every hand that is represented, Father. It represents maybe something that's happened, Father God, things we carry around with us. And so, Father, I pray today, your word says, who the Son sets free is free indeed. And you would free people by the help of the Holy Spirit. Right now, we would let it go. This one thing I do, forgetting the things, forgetting the decisions which are behind. I reach ahead to the things, the dreams, the plans in front of me. We receive freedom. We receive mercy. We receive grace by faith. Today in Jesus' name, you are free, you are forgiven, you are whole, you are on the right path today in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's sing this out. Your name, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I want to pray for you, you. You've got a big decision to make. I'm not talking about even just. You know, going for the promotion at work, even though that is a big decision, but you've got a life-changing decision to make. You know what that is. Maybe it's to move country, you're thinking about a relationship, but you've you've got a life-changing decision. Something that could affect the next 20, 30 years of your life. I want to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray that the Bible says, if any of you lacks wisdom, God will give it continually, generously, and freely today. But if you've got a life-changing decision to make, I want you to lift up your hand right now. It's life-changing. Even the decision of should we have another child is a life-changing decision. Don't, don't just hurry these decisions through. Process them. Seek counsel. Right now, if you have a life-changing decision, thank you, Jesus. Now, if someone has got their hand up around you, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray right now for wisdom for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of the Father who is gonna speak into you. Father, I pray right now for those who are battling, struggling, Father, with life decisions. Lord, should we go to the left, should we go to the right? Lord, that your wisdom would come over them right now. Lord, you would fill them with godly wisdom. Not just knowledge, Father, but wisdom. You would speak to them clearly, Father God speak to them through dreams, speak to them through nature speak to them through counsel, speak to them Father God, come Holy Spirit right now, in Jesus name, in Jesus name in Jesus name fear not for the Lord your God is with you and he will comfort you at this time in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name Amen Amen Time's gone, but I need to do this. Can all the, if you're sort of 16 to 25, do you guys want to come down the front? I want to pray for this next generation, all the young people, young adults. Would you guys just come? Just come. I, I, I feel there is such a tussle for this generation like never before. And I've found in my heart the last few days, this generation, there's so much pressure, pressures that we've never dealt with. Isn't this beautiful? How many incredible young people, young adults we have in our church. Chantal, I'm going to ask you to come up. Keep squeezing down. Let's try and get as close to the front as possible. Even if you're 26, we'll let you come. Okay, come on. We'll wait. This is beautiful. Maybe some of the leaders. Let's get, this, let's get as many young people down here as possible who remembers being this age, and so many choices, decisions, and you know the decisions that you guys make, the decisions that you guys make, and you know that they have impacts for, for the next five, 10 years of your life, and so I know it's difficult, and this is why we need the help of the Holy Spirit to come. I'm gonna invite Chantelle to come up. We're gonna pray for you guys. That's it, keep coming. This is amazing, and church, would you pray? Would you stretch out your hands with us right now? We're going to pray for our young people, our young adults, as they stand sometimes at junctions, not knowing which way to turn. Yet the Lord goes with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
0: When Jeremiah was called as a young person to be a prophet to the nation, yes. I can only imagine how how intimidating it could have felt for Jeremiah in his day. But God has called you yes. he has called you he has chosen you he's equipped you for everything that is to come and here in Jeremiah the Lord speaks to Jeremiah and says the word of the Lord came to me saying before I formed you in the womb I knew you before you were born I set you apart I appointed you a prophet to the nation Allah sovereign Lord I said I do not I do not know how to speak I am too young but the Lord said to me do not say I am too young you must go to wherever I send you and to say whatever I command you do not be afraid of them for I am with you and will rescue you declares the Lord and he reached out his hand and touched my mouth and to say to me I have put my words in your mouth every young person he has put his words in your mouth see today he has appointed you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down to destroy and overthrow to build and to plant And if God can speak this over Jeremiah at such a young age, he can do that for you today. So come on, why don't you stretch your hands to heaven? This is a sign of full surrender. Just say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. It is a time right now that he is calling you, calling you out, calling you out from among just the, uh, uh, you know, the popularity, coming away from from, um, temptation, coming away from things that are pulling you away from God. And today, is a day to make a stand to be determined in your heart that you will serve the Lord that you will go out and you will be a prophet to the nation that you will go out with fresh boldness and courage you will not be afraid you will not shrink back you will not be intimidated because the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go so Heavenly Father right now bless your children bless them father everything to let them prosper father when they go in lord whether it be in friendship circles into examination halls whatever they need to choose universities where they're meant to work where they're meant to be father would you bring such a sense of courage and boldness that wherever they foot may tread you will be with them all the days of their life and they will never hesitate they will never hold back because you are for them and you are not against them in Jesus mighty name amen come on amen let's celebrate with our young people the
1: as a church I want to challenge us today that These young people, young adults, they need mentors. They need people to help them not make the same mistakes that you and I made. We've all been at this point. They need help. We can choose to live for ourselves or we can choose to pass on the wisdom and the decisions that we made to others. And I want to encourage you to look out for these guys. Help them, love them, bless them, support them. Many of them are here without families. They're at university. Let's help them in their... On their path and for, for every young person the bible says in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight god has a unique plan and a destiny for every single person chantelle and i we feel honored to have such an amazing army of young people and young adults as part of this church so honored. And we don't pretend to know that the battles that you face with the the online world and social media and all those things, all we want you to know is as a family, as pastors, we're here for you. We love you, we won't always get it right, we won't always speak in your language. Let me tell you, we want you to know we're here for you. And parents, I wanna encourage every single one of you to get your young people, your young adults to shift this year It's our summer youth camp. These guys need to be together. A lot of the big festivals that happened historically have been taken away for for various reasons and there is not a lot left. These young people need to be together. I'm telling you, it will do them better than a week in Mallorca to be on a campsite in Stone Market because I'm telling you, wherever it is in Ipswich, we're even going to Ipswich, how about that? That's grace. Let's get these guys together. Iron sharpens iron. Let's get them worshiping under the influence of God's Word, being filled up, strengthened and blessed in Jesus' name. So we are cheering you on. We are cheering you on. We've gone way over time, but it's worth it. It's worth it to see all our young people down the front receiving the Holy Spirit. Come on, let's just lift our hands. Amen. Holy Spirit, come and fill our young people afresh right now. Fill them afresh with the evidence of speaking in tongues right now in Jesus' name. If you can speak in those other tongues, I want you to begin to speak them out right now. God is going to baptise people right now with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Thank you, Jesus. If you're watching at home right now, Holy Spirit... Holy Spirit, come into your living room. Holy Spirit, flood over you. In your garden, wherever you are, listening in your car. Thank you, God. Holy, Holy, Holy. Holy Spirit. The Bible says just open your mouth and He will fill you right now. You've never made a decision to follow Jesus. This is your moment. I'm not going to prolong this but if you, if you cannot say today I'm a follower of Christ maybe you once were and you've made a decision and you've you kind of distanced yourself you find yourself away from God this is your moment where you come home maybe you've never made that decision to become a follower of Jesus but today you sense something different what you sense is the presence of Jesus in this room say today I'm going to receive Jesus as my personal Saviour He will be with you every single step of every single day but it begins with a decision to say yes to him. I'm going to count to three and you say, John, pray for me, include me. All over this room, front to the back, left to the right, those watching online, say, John, that's me. If you're watching online, I just want you to put a little, hey, a little tick in there, a little thumbs up in the chat. But if you're in the room, you say, that's me today, I want to receive Jesus. Just slip up your hand all over this room right now and say, John, pray for me, include me. God bless you, 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 God bless you. God bless you. Amazing. Amazing. We're going to say this prayer out loud together. It's going to come up on the screens at home. Screens in the room. Let's say this out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me to forgive all my sins and failures so that I can have a brand new start. Please come into my life and help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to trust and to live for you. Amen. Amen. Can we congratulate everyone who said that prayer? And if you lifted up your hand in the room online, let us know. Our team will come back to you. But if you're in the room, please take a Bible. We'll be out in the foyers in the atrium afterwards. Please take a Bible from us. It's a gift And this will fill you with knowledge and with wisdom as you make decisions for your everyday. And uh, we want to encourage you to keep coming back to church. Just before I hand over to Steve, I just want you to know today that God's wisdom is on you this week. He's going to be with you. In every, every circumstance, He will not fail you. And when you have to make those life decisions, run them through some of those five filters. It will help you make better decisions and have fewer regrets in Jesus' name. And we hope to see you again soon. God bless.